in today's show. I'm going to break down the big moves. DeMontis Sabonis, gone. CJ McCollum, gone. Tyrese Halliburton, gone. We're going to talk about it all. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode, big one, is brought to you by PrizePix. Check out PrizePix.com. Use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Thank you for making the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast your first listen every day. We're free. We're available on all platforms. Holy shit, guys. Stuff happened. Big trades happened. Rumored deals happened that we talked about a lot on this show. Um, but I'm going to try and I'm gonna break down what happened. Um, but there's also there's tons that can still go on here. And there is no... Um, yeah, there's not a lot of clarity in a lot of spots. But... Let's, in fact, Gilly, actually, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) (laughs) First trade, Kings, Pacers. All right, let's talk about it. Indiana Getz, Tyrese Halliburton, Budrick Heald, Tristan Thompson, and a 2027 second round pick, which doesn't really really mean a huge, uh, huge amount. Sacramento gets Demontis Sabonis, Justin Holiday, and Jeremy Lamb. All right. Um, first of all, kids, sorry, apologize. Might want to turn it off. What are the fucking Kings doing? What's what are they? What, what are these idiots doing? Um, oh, we got an All Star. Yeah, you did. You did. And that All Star is Demontis Sabonis, who's a fringe All Star at best, who needs an entire team catered around him who provides no defense at center, um, can't really defend at the four. He can be an interesting scoring option that gets you to a seventh seed, maybe. I know that's good for the Sacramento, but he's not that old. He's 25, 26. Halliburton's 22. The other pieces, who cares? Like getting out of Buddy Hill is actually pretty good business for Sacramento. Holiday and Lamb, doesn't really mean much there at all. As for Justin Holiday, he's unvaccinated, but Sacramento, unlike San Francisco or Los Angeles, doesn't have a vaccine mandate is what I've been informed. So he'll be uh, eligible to play. But trading away one of your bigger you know, recent draft hits in Tyrese Halliburton, who's 20, under 22, still on a rookie control contract for two more seasons after this one, and then you got restricted rights, um, who is starting to show that he was the best player in this team. And I think had shown that pretty clearly to get a player that's three years older, that's a tough fit defensively, that needs the ball a ton offensively, or needs to be the hub of everything offensively, is, is a weird decision. It just doesn't make it... Uh, in, 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 the, in, in the abstract or in the full picture, well, not even the full picture, in the individual picture, you can say, well, Sabonis is a better player than Tyrese Halliburton at the moment. You go, okay, maybe, maybe. But what does it matter? What does that mean for this team? 
They're still... So now, are they going to play Sabonis and Rashawn Holmes together? Are they? What are they doing with Rashawn Holmes? What are they doing with Harrison Barnes? Because a Barnes-Holmes-Sabonis frontcourt feels pretty disgusting to me. It feels actually horrid. So are they going to go with a, a Harkless Barnes-Sabonis combo with Holmes coming off the bench? Are they trading Holmes? I've got no idea what their plan is. So while this seems dumb on the surface, it's a weird move. There are still other things to happen here. I'm almost certain we're going to get at least one of Barnes or Holmes traded. Almost certain of that. The other thing that's the issue, like a Fox-Mitchell backcourt doesn't feel particularly good. Neither of them can shoot. They're not you know, particularly big. Mitchell's a good defender, obviously. Fox isn't. But Mitchell's very small. The Mitchell-Halliburton combination is a lot better than a Mitchell-Fox combination, I think. But now we're going to see. We're going to see what happens with Fox and Mitchell. Is Fox getting traded? Is Mitchell the last man standing here? No healed, no Halliburton, no Fox. Is Fox's sore ankle going to be miraculously healed? I don't know what they're doing. And this is again like an instant reaction within an hour or so of me waking up and going through and doing projections and trying to make sense of it. And my opinion could very easily change in the next few days depending on what happens. But I don't know what Sacramento is doing. As for Indiana, I like it. Yep, okay, you gave away Sabonis, but everyone who listens to this podcast knows that I think Miles Turner is the better player anyway, and they prioritize keeping the better player. Getting in Halliburton, I think will be a precursor of them trying to get off of Malcolm Brogdon in the offseason. And then you run a Halliburton-Duarte combo. You're going to tank your ass off for this season, most likely. I guess getting Halliburton doesn't really help you tank too much, but... They're going to maybe get a top five pick. Add someone like that to the core on the wing. You're playing Miles Turner as the lone big man when he's healthy, unless he's traded. We'll talk about the individual impacts in a second, but I think it's a really a really positive, positive move to be worse this season for Indiana. I don't think Brogdon's going to play, although, again, he's questionable for today. Um, yeah, he's still questionable for today. We still don't know exactly what's going to go. That's what I mean. There's a lot of uncertainties in what's going on with these teams at, at the moment. We'll talk about these teams individually in just a sec. We'll get to that very, very soon. But I'm going to tell you about Price Picks because they're sponsoring today's show. Price Picks easy. It's daily fantasy made easy. Why wouldn't you want an easy way to have fun playing DFS? Price Picks is it. I love it, and I know you're going to as well. You pick two to five players and you just get their projections and go over-under, whether it's points or threes or rebounds or blocks, steals, fantasy points. Just go over-under. Smoosh them all together and you can win up to 10 times your entry fee. And it doesn't just have to be basketball. You can actually combine multiple sports together. So throw some Super Bowl props in with some NBA props in the same entry. See how that goes. They've got college basketball as well, college football, NFL, Major League Baseball, soccer, MMA, and more. And for a limited time, PricePix has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer. For all of our users, users get 50 bucks for free if a player in your first PricePix entry scores a single point, but you must use the code NBA. That's right. It's an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. Sign up today and use code NBA, $50 for free if a player in your first PricePix entry scores a single point. Well, we've got trades popping off already. There's going to be trade deadline show going on Thursday, February the 10th, starting at 2 p.m. on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. So check us out there. Me, Kim Becker, John Corrales, breaking down all the moves as they happen. Make sure you're not going to want to miss it. Thursday, February the 10th at 2 p.m. Eastern. Um, 
Let's look at the individual situations now. In Sacramento, again, I just, I don't know. This still feels like there's got to be more that happens here. I think Davion Mitchell gets a big bump. Like he's been a guy to add at the moment anyway with Fox out. And I think now, yeah, he's got to be added. There's going to be some weird stuff with Fox and him and how they fit. But he is a guy for now. Justin Holiday gets a little bit of a bump in value. I would expect that they start Fox, Mitchell, and Holiday, maybe? This is the thing. Do they start Justin Holiday? Do they start Mo Harkless? Is Marvin Bagley ever going to play for this team again? Surely not. Do they start Barnes and Metu? Do they start Holmes and Sabonis? I've got no idea what Elvin Gentry is going to do. There are a lot of question marks here. I think there is a slight rise for Holiday. I would not add Justin Holiday in 12-team leagues. He's more of a 14-team league guy, and there are still things that need to drop, mainly Barnes, Holmes, Bagley. They're probably the three big, and even Fox, the three big questions in Sacramento as to what happens. Mitchell, though, at this point, the clear, clear winner, I think, in Sacramento. I don't think it does anything much for Sabonis. I think it's, he sort of stays the same. Anyway, you're not adding or dropping Sabonis. Nothing changes too much there for him. Jeremy Lamb, look, maybe he can take on some of that Bud Heald role. He literally might also not be in the rotation at all, though that's also a possibility. Remember that. Um, whereas Holiday plays at the two, plays at the three a little bit. Um, in terms of who loses value, well, you have to suggest that Rashawn Holmes is losing. Has to. Yeah, him playing next to Sabonis feels like a horrific fit. It feels really bad. And I don't know that they're going to do it. I wouldn't drop Holmes yet because he could very well be on the move. Charlotte, hello. Do you need a center? He could very well be on the move. So while I think in the interim, it could get really ugly, although Sabonis literally might not play a game until after the deadline, so we don't know, I would be scared with Holmes, but I'm not panic. I'm not dropping. Let's, if he's still on this team come Thursday uh, after the deadline, then yeah, I'll probably move on. I think it loses Mo Harkless value because again, you're getting Sabonis in there and do, you, do you Harkless play? Does Holiday get those minutes? Harkless has been playing well and actually being a 12-team stream, I think this hurts that somewhat. It hurts Chemezi Metu. I think it also hurts the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. I, I think it further you know, pushes a trade of him along. It might not hurt him. I wouldn't drop him or do anything crazy. I think there is a bit of a reduction there for him, though. Torres Halliburton was not a high usage player. DeMontis Sabonis is a higher usage player. So you're just by extension there, you're getting in into that starting lineup. A, you know, Halliburton, who's a guy who would fit as a low usage guy who could still contribute and score really efficiently and pass, whereas Sabonis is a guy who's higher usage. So it just takes a little bit away from those other guys who start next to him. So even if Barnes remains, it just takes a little bit off the top of what he was doing, maybe even decreases the minutes and maybe forces Gentry to play Sabonis and Holmes together, which actually does hurt Barnes a little bit there too. So I do think um, I do think there are a lot of a lot of interesting things that can go on there. But I don't think Sacramento's finished. And if I was Monty McNair, I would 100% not be finished. Holmes should be gone. Barnes should be gone. Bagley should be gone. Harkless should be gone. Fox should bloody be gone, I reckon. Tear it all down, man. Let's build it around Mitchell. And not that I think Mitchell's a particularly good prospect, by the way. But I don't know what you do here. Again, what's the aim with this team? Where? What are you trying to do? I don't really see it. And Indiana. I don't actually know what's going on there. Because you know, the Woj report was like, hey, Miles Turner's pumped, man. Him and Tyrese Halliburton, they're going to work things through and he's going to be get to be the center. 
Is Turner, though, going to play this season? We, we just don't know. I don't think he's getting traded now. They've moved on from a center. But this is the complication. I think Turner's value goes up. Instead of being a guy that plays 29 minutes and gets dicked around by Rick Carlisle, maybe he plays 33 a night and gets more usage and actually puts up oh, maybe top 25 numbers. But does he play? He's got that fracture in his foot, the reaction in his foot. I don't know if he plays. So that impacts a lot. All right, Sabonis is gone at the moment. The guy who's been the, the player has been Goga Badadze. Problem with my Gogomobile. Gogomobile? No, not the dark. Not the dark. He has been the priority, right? Not Isaiah Jackson, which you can argue the merits of that as much as you want. That's been the case. So while Jackson is sexier, and a lot of people drive towards Jackson because on fantasy sites, he's listed as a power forward. He's barely played any power forward minutes at all this season. He's played almost exclusively as a center because I think that's what he is. And I really, really, after breaking up the Sabonis-Turner pairing finally, they're going to say, all right, let's go back to playing two centers again. Maybe they do. Maybe they do view Jackson as a power forward, but no evidence so far would suggest that. But maybe they go back and play those guys together and you get Turner and Jackson out there at the same time. Him as the starting power forward, not Tory Craig. That is possible. I think Jackson is a guy to have in 12-team leagues. I think Goga, at least in the short term, I think Goga's going to actually put up really big numbers. No Sabonis, no Turner. Jackson's still questionable with his injury. I don't know if he plays tonight. Uh, he could put up huge numbers. There is an opportunity for O'Shea Brissett, but they seem to have soured on him rightfully so. He's not that good. Um, I think Halliburton gets a boost. Here, he doesn't have to worry about sharing with... Um, players like De'Aaron Fox anymore or even Harrison Barnes. Like he should be able to get a usage spike and be able to run things. I think that Malcolm Brogdon's not going to be long for this team. But even then, Halliburton and Brogdon can play together. Lavert is gone. Sabonis is gone. Who's the usage guy on this team? Duarte's not a particularly high usage guy. Halliburton's value goes up. And I don't know exactly what they're doing, what they're going to do with Bud Heald. They could start him very easily. They could go with Halliburton, Heald, Duarte, one, two, three, or you know, Duarte, Heald, however you want to phrase it. But there's still a lot of unknowns, mainly Brogdon and Turner, that lead to confusion as to how this is going to run. I think you know the little spike that Dwayne Washington got, Kiefer Sykes got, is going to hurt. I do not think the Red Rooster Terry Taylor is a 12-team league player. Again, Goga and Jackson, and the eventual return of Miles Turner, which we assume is happening, but we don't know will impact, we'll, you know, we'll shut that down. There is a little bit of a boost maybe for Brissett as well, but not a guy that look at as a 12-team league player. But lots of weird and interesting stuff, again, with just no real solution. Because we don't know what, if we don't know if Brogdon's playing, we don't know whether Turner is playing. If I had to guess, you know, I, I know Brogdon's questionable for today, I think he might come back a couple of games and not play again. I think that he legitimately, this Achilles is a real issue and he's just not going to play. And therefore, that boosts Duarte, that boosts Heal, that boosts Halliburton. I think Turner could come back and I think he will, but I don't know. So there, while this has cleared some stuff out, hasn't cleared out huge amounts because there's still the two massive unknowns being um, Turner and Brogdon. In terms of players losing value for Indiana, I think Chris Duarte loses a bit. But I'm not sure about that. And that's mainly because you get Halliburton and you get Heald coming in. 
Now you lost Holiday and you lost um, uh, Sabonis, obviously. But he was a guy that was, your last game, put up good numbers as that lone figure in the backcourt. And now Halliburton becomes that guy. And if Brogdon returns, it's going to be really squishy for Duarte. I would hold him. I'm holding him, but I do think it loses some of his value. Just because we've seen when things get crowded there that the struggles for him are there. It's happened plenty of times. So basically, Levert is gone, but he is now replaced with Halliburton. And we saw Duarte really struggle playing with Levert there, not really putting up great numbers. So I think it hurts him a little bit. It obviously hurts Dwayne Washington, who played 31 minutes last night. Halliburton's just going to scoop all those up. And I think it hurts Malcolm Brogdon in the sense that I don't think Malcolm Brogdon's going to play a huge amount the rest of this season. So it probably hurts Brogdon a little bit playing next to Halliburton in general, but not that much because Halliburton was not a, is not as high a usage player as, say, playing alongside Levert, and Brogdon was still really good there. So it's not that it's going to hurt him on a per-play basis situation. It's more like, I think this actually means he's probably going to be playing a little bit less this season. And they see what happens with Halliburton and they don't have to push things with Brogdon. It actually might end his career in Indiana. He cannot be traded this season, Malcolm Brogdon. But it probably does end, not end his career, end his career in Indiana is what I meant to say. And I, I wish... I wish I had my built bars because this is a, a day that's just consuming my brain power. So I need protein. I need energy. I need something that's good for me, but tastes delicious. And that's exactly what built bar is. Instead of a standard protein bar, which has got protein in it, no doubt about that, just tastes like garbage. Built bar tastes like a candy bar. It's low in fat. It's low in carbs. It's low in sugar. It's low in calories, 130 calories a bar, but it's jam packed with 17 grams of protein. All of the great flavors right across the board. You're going to love your built bar. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order of Built Bars. Built Bar is built different. Okay. Let's look at the next trade. The Blazers. The Pelicans. We've already had two teams, the Blazers and the Pacers, who have made multiple deals. I'm not sure that they're both finished. The Pacers probably are. But the Blazers, I'm not so certain about. So let's have a look at the deal. New Orleans gets CJ McCollum. You may have heard of that deal a few times before. Um, they get Larry Nance. They get Tone Snell. The Blazers get Josh the Hitman Hart, Thomas Sadoransky, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and Didi Luzada. A protected 2022 first, which only goes to them if it's between 5 and 14. Then it turns into a future first. And they get two second round picks. So Portland gets... It may look maybe. Look, if Pel the Pelicans make the playoffs, they don't get the pick. If the Pelicans jump into the lottery, they don't get the pick. But they might get a solid top 10 pick. They might. They might get a top 14 pick, whatever it is. Alexander Walker is an interesting reclamation project. Josh Hart is a solid NBA player. Sadoransky and Luzada are nothing really. The two seconds, they don't really think they're going to be too much. New Orleans does, you know, it makes New Orleans unquestionably better for the time being. But is that wise? And CJ McCollum is going to have one of the worst contracts in the entire NBA. That is going to be the problem with this trade for the Pelicans is that they think, I think they're playing well at the moment and they think they're closer to sustained success than they actually are. And while it looks great on the surface to get CJ in, that contract is going to be horrific. It's going to be really, really bad, I think. Um, I guess the only thing I can say about CJ's contract is that it's only got 
what, two more years left? So maybe it's not that bad. It's only got two more years left after this one for a combined $68 million. It's a lot to be paying him 33 and 35 at, up to the age of 32. So maybe the two years left doesn't make it as bad. Yeah, maybe I was being a little bit harsh there. Um, now there's word from Jake Fisher that Portland's maybe looking to get Jeremy Grant. Like, why? What are you doing? And they're going to build things around Damian Lillard. As for Portland, we'll actually talk about that in a second. Um, so we uh, again, this was on the cards for a long time. I've heard about this trade for weeks and weeks. Not all of the specifics, but McCullum for Hart. That's the part that I've heard for weeks. Um, and I'm sure you caught all my subtle hints at that deal plenty of times throughout the show. Um, yeah, it is... It's interesting that these teams who probably... Sh- the Kings, the Blazers, the Pelicans, making moves that maybe aren't in the correct direction. I think Portland is sort of going in the right direction, tearing it down, getting a lottery pick, then trying to rebuild around Dame next season. But no, I'm, I'm not sure you're going to be able to do it. So maybe maybe they're heading in the right direction. But again, you can look at this and say, that's not a great return from CJ. Get you out of a lot of money. You get maybe a top 10 pick. You get a prospect in Alexander Walker. It's not it's not a bad deal. I think it's actually a pretty solid deal for a guy like CJ, who I think gets overrated a little bit. Let's look at some value plays or what this might change for these teams. Let's start in Portland. Um, I think the value of Nikhil Alexander-Walker goes up. I don't know what they're going to do exactly. I think yeah, you lock Anthony Simons in, his value goes up as well without CJ. It goes up for sure. So Simons will start. Nurkic, is he going to remain on this team? He will start. Josh Hart will start. And then, I don't know. I think it's going to be Justice Winslow at the four, or CJ Allaby, or my man Trendon Watford. But I don't know. I think if out of these guys, the value of Winslow rising enough makes him someone to watch. Again, would I waste a waiver ad on on Winslow given the deadline's two days away? I probably wouldn't. Would I waste it on Alexander Walker? I probably wouldn't. It's not that he hasn't had opportunities in New Orleans. He just fluffed them. There's another chance here. And he, and he could become something. The Simons-Alexander Walker backcourt is probably a little small, and I'm not sure how that's going to work out. But I do think he's going to have to start. Simons, Alexander Walker, um, Hart, Winslow, Watford, Allaby, whoever that is at the four, and Nurkic. But again, Nurkic could be gone. Things could change completely on this team. So I think all of those guys get a boost. Alexander Walker, Winslow, Simons, Watford, Allaby. I think they all get a bit of a boost. In terms of players losing value in Portland, I don't think Eric Bledsoe is going to play for this team. Achilles injury miraculously popping up just after he was traded. Um, getting Alexander Walker in, who will take some of those minutes. He's still got Dennis Smith and Ben McLemore. I don't think Bledsoe. I don't think he plays for the Blazers at all. And I think that this further shows that Damian Lillard will not return this season. I, I, I just don't think there's any way that Damian Lillard is coming back for this team this season. So they, they both lose value. Could be wrong. But I've told you all along, I did not expect Damian Lillard to return. And I continue to not believe that Damian Lillard will return. Let's go to the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, my immediate reaction was, oh, this isn't good for Jackson Hayes. 
And I was talking about that. Hey, look, if Hart goes out, they'll probably bring another player back in who's going to be better in CJ McCollum, which is something I talked about a long time. And then that'll hurt Hart. But now that I've thought about it, and I tweeted this out earlier today as I was preparing for this show, I think the best course of action for the Pelicans is to start CJ at point guard and push Devontae Graham to the bench. So start CJ McCollum, Herb Jones, Brandon Ingram, Jackson Hayes, and Jonas Valanciunas. So Hayes has been an ad, and we hold to see how this all goes. But I think, and this obviously would, Hayes' value would just go in the dunny if Zion ever returns. Like if Zion returns, Hayes is finished, right? You know that. Zion's not returning though, I don't think. This season. So I think, I think we're going to get that opportunity for Hayes. And it's going to be a situation where Graham, if, even if he doesn't move to the bench, you're losing Hart and CJ ostensibly replaces him. But I think what it means is that CJ replaces Devontae and Hayes replaces Hart. I, I get the feeling that's what's going to happen. Because a Graham McCullum backcourt is pretty bad. Like it's horrible defensively. And McCullum Jones backcourt, it works all right. It works a lot better. So I reckon that is what they'll do. I know they invest in Devontae Graham, but let's be fair, he's been dreadful. He's been really bad, and CJ's a better player. I don't really think CJ is a pure point guard, but oh well, Ingram can pass. Zion Williamson can bloody pass. So CJ as a point guard next to Zion actually is the perfect point guard next to Zion. It's like a Jamal Murray in Denver next to Jokic. A guy who's a point guard, but he's not really. And I think that's what you're going to end up with CJ. So... Well, let's talk about the players who are losing value in New Orleans. Um, yeah, I think Devontae Graham's... I think he can, he's already close to a drop anyway. I think you can cook him. He's done. I think that the value of Valanchunas and Ingram and McCullum will all drop slightly. Again, you are bringing in a player like CJ, who's a high-usage guy, to replace a Josh Hart, who's a low-usage guy. So the usage of those three guys, their high-usage players, all drops. I've seen a lot of people thinking this is a really big negative for Herb Jones. I don't think that's the case. I, I, I just don't. I don't think that Jones is going to push down and play 25 minutes a night now. I think a lot of people are thinking that, well, this Larry Nance, he's going to come in and when he's healthy, he'll just start and Jones will lose all that value. I honestly do not believe that. A, Nance isn't healthy and never is. That knee is a consistent problem. Um, and yeah, Jones has proven, I think, to be at this point a, a current better player than Larry Nance. I don't think this really... It definitely doesn't mean he's a drop. Do not drop Herb Jones, please. I've already had that question. Do not drop Herb Jones. What I do think this means is Larry Nance has had the knee setback. He can be a really interesting guy that plays behind Hayes, can play next to Hayes coming off the bench, and is part of like a three big man rotation without Zion. Hayes, Valanciunas, Nance, with Jones and Ingram pushing up to the four as well. But it means that Nance was probably, if healthy, going to play 29 minutes a night as a starter in Portland, probably plays 24 in, in New Orleans and doesn't have the value. So I think he's a drop. And Devontae Graham, I think he's a drop. Um, and McCullum, Ingram, we're not dropping those guys. Valanciunas, obviously, not dropping those guys. Um, but they lose just a little bit off the top there. So that's my quick, maybe not so quick for some of you, Quick reaction to all those deals that have gone down. But again, we're waiting. What the hell is happening with Turner? What is happening with Brogdon? Does CJ start in, instead of Devontae? Or does he slide in at the two? What do the Kings do with Holmes, with Barnes, with Harkless, with Fox, with Bagley? Do the Portland actually go and get Jeremy Grant? So much still to go down. But that are my, that is, those are my initial thoughts. 
Good luck. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app, guys. You're on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave your comments. Tell me which is the dumbest franchise. Who did the best? Who's the guy that gains the most value? Drop it in the comments. Guys, we're done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.